What's up, y'all, and welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, uh, Return to Engaging Activity and Learning for the Concussed Student. Uh, we're live today at the Memorial Hermann Sports Medicine Update with Dr. Summer Ott of UT Health. Uh, I'm your host, Ray Olivo. Please join our conversation, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com backslash return to engaging activity. Uh, Dr. Ott, thank you again for, for being with us this morning. Uh, just a couple quick questions just in regards to your, uh, your slide presentation today. Um, I know concussion is a big, uh, kind of broad term, uh, sports medicine, again, term that we're, that we're dealing with here. Um, uh, you spoke specifically about return to learn here uh, today. Um, can you kind of touch base on, again, the concussion management team that you discussed in your slide presentation? Sure. Well, historically, the focus has really been on return to play when we've done different educational forums like this. So today we want to shift the topic to return to learn as it's an area of uh, concern that maybe student athletes or students in general aren't getting the appropriate accommodations or adjustments, support after they have a concussion. Um, things like that could entail reduced, you know, or modified work. Uh, maybe they have to miss school. Maybe their deadlines are extended. Maybe the environment is adjusted, like they have to be removed to acquired environment. Uh, maybe we have them reduce their cognitive demands. There's many things that we would do in place or to support a student. But um, the slides were really just really advocating, if anything, today about when you go back to your schools, the message is please try to not only do you have a return to play policy and even how to remove athletes with suspected concussion, but what are you going to do to help them in the classroom? Okay, very good. Now, you talked about uh, having a uh, kind of concussion coordinator um, in your presentation today. Do you recommend that be someone outside of the athletic trainer or um, what is your I think it's important to understand what the culture is at each school and the resources that are available. So in some schools, there may be an athletic trainer whom only is um, part-time. And so they have a lot of responsibilities and maybe don't just share, share that burden with a number of other colleagues. So um, in those particular settings, maybe a nurse or a um, school counselor would be the person to assume that role. It would just have to be like, look at all the resources for each school, examine those and find out who would be the best person for the fit of the school. Are there any specific objective measurements that you're using for return to learn um, just to monitor progress? Or? So many factors go into that. Um, you know, we look at their symptom status. Um, of course, that is self-report. We ask the parents to weigh in on what they think or what they're observing. We do try to get collateral information from the athletic trainers or the school officials. And then, um, you know, schools kind of are all over the board on what they utilize for their assessment tools. Um, so we take to take all those into consideration. Is it is SCAT 5 or is it impact test results? Is it um, grades in school? Uh, what's the quality of life? What do they return back to in terms of extracurricular activities? So it's not just one measure. It's a plethora of things that we utilize to make those decisions. And what are some common roadblocks that you find with return, return to learn processes? So there are some roadblocks, and this has been a, a really challenging thing to advocate for. Um, and the reason why I do it is because I have seen so many um, concussed patients really struggle after injury where their grades have dropped. They are really anxious about how to work on their applications for school. So, um, you know, I think that the barrier sometimes can be just understanding of, that it's needed, that they can have these things. Um, parents find it difficult to know who to communicate with about it and what to ask or what they're really able to get for their child. So I think a process like this could really help answer or maybe um, negate some of those roadblocks. Very good. Now, do you find that athletes um, are affected more with emotional factors or more academic-related specifically factors? I think they all coincide. Okay. I mean, there are people that 
have difficulties maybe with coping or stress management before a concussion. So then you add a concussion onto it and you add all the cognitive demand issues on top of it. And then it's really difficult for them to perform. And there are some whom um, they didn't have those issues before, but it's been so stressful with the concussion. They see that they're not catching up. They can't tread water. And now they're having lots of anxiety. Um, They're not with their team. So you have to really look at it all together. And, you know, one thing can influence the other. Do you find a correlation between um, return to learn time and long-term projections of academic success? There hasn't been anything um, published in that respect, which I think would be a great study. But anecdotally, kids that seem to get adjustments, support, a culture in which they can report they have concerns, they you know get those recognized. I've seen them recover much more quickly, and I think they're less prone to being the ones that contact me a few years later with, well, I'm having trouble in college because we've already set up with like, how can we work through this process to get you better? And a clear kind of um, inroad of like, yes, you've reached, we believe you've reached recovery. Other things that might happen in future years may be related to other circumstances. And I know you also mentioned about uh, there, there are cases where you do return to play faster than you return to learn. Has there been research that indicates that returning to play prior to a full return to learn, if you will, will impede progress in the return to learn? There hasn't been. Um, if we're doing our jobs correctly, though, and we're really asking about we're, we're looking at someone both physically, well, three ways, physically, cognitively, and then um, also just like the endurance aspect of things, like getting back into actually demonstrating that you're ready to go back into sport. If we're doing all those things and you're passing all those, we should make a really good return to play decision. However, I will indicate that we did publish a study a couple years ago that indicated even athletes that were recovered by one month and that passed all those clinical factors still had changes in their advanced neuroimaging on DTI and fMRI compared to orthopedic injured athletes. So while they pass all the clinical parameters, um, there's still brain structural changes. And we don't yet know how that then generalizes into the future. That would be like another follow-up study. I guess one of my things is, is, is asking when you deal with the athlete coming back from concussion that you're doing rehab with them, visual rehab, things like that, is there anything that you can start them on for return to learn? Like, is there any way to, because for me, I mean, learning is the more, more important in the athletic side of things in, in a lot of settings. And, and let's be honest, it, it, it literally is. So what can we, can we work with them on? So, I mean, why I like to see people within, or we advocate for like 48 to 72 hours is really, we know they're going to be probably symptomatic and all kinds of crazy and having a difficult time going back to school. But we can start the ball rolling on just what you indicated about the education process. We can start saying, like, here's the things you may anticipate. Here are the things we want the school to have in place for you based on your presentation today. And then get that communication rolling, get the process started. Um, For kids that are struggling cognitively, we don't go and stress them out with a lot of things to retrain their brain and get them – you know, to like try to remember better. We do tips like here's some things that might help you, like not doing two things at once, but we don't really kind of advocate for strong 
cognitive rehab early, just we want the brain to heal and get back in their normal setting. So return to learn, I think of it more of like resources you can provide a student and the progression at which they go back into the classroom versus just throwing them in the first day. Hey, you might need to go back two hours based on your symptoms. Well, maybe we can return you for a full day. You're doing really well. So everyone's very individualized on how that process should um, evolve for them. Yeah, so I, I know you just said that people are, everything's, no concussions this, the same. Um, so they don't express the same symptoms. In return to learn, do you find that, um, again, based off of your research, do students adapt better with online learning, maybe with Google Classroom or whatnot, versus your normal pen to paper type stuff? Yeah, so that's a really good question as well, or thing to point out. Um, a lot of times we'll recommend those types of um like learning environments for students maybe to have really chronic issues. And these are very rare circumstances, but students that have really never been able to go back and tolerate the classroom, they have a lot of emotional issues precluding that, or their symptoms are just so severe. Um, sometimes those people get to us much later in the process, like after things have been kind of hectic for a while. But then I, there are occasions when I've said, you know, maybe with flexibility, because your symptoms are so sporadic, you need flexibility in your learning environment. Maybe it would be better for you to try to take online classes or be set up in a school where it's like, you know, half homebound or half um, home instruction or half, excuse me, homebound and then half school instruction. Is that something that you have that, that there is set up to, I guess, to utilize in the school systems? So um, again, the advantage of seeing them early on is you can kind of know right then and there what you might expect. But those individuals that might come to us later, like months later, um, it's a bit trickier on how to then go into the school and say, this is what you need. But in a perfect world, <laughs> ideally when you get to see the person early, if they were so severe, like traumatic brain injured patients, for example, who had a brain injury or hemorrhage or a skull fracture that have more serious presentations and often have some other orthopedic injuries as well, um, they are more likely than maybe a concussed student to really truly need homebound. So then we'll say, okay, let's, we're going to put you in homebound instruction. We'll fill out the proper documents through the school. We'll get their support. But the idea is after three or four weeks of the mandatory time you have to be on homebound, we are going to start putting you back into like a couple hours or two or three hours of school a week. And then each week or two, we progress through that so that they can get back. The goal is to get them back in their school setting, in their environment. There's so many social benefits to that as well than, than isolating them at home. So obviously, ideally, in a perfect world, as we just talked about, uh, we would have all these pieces in place to really... Um, uh, you know, formulate a group that enables the student athlete to get back to return to learn and, and doing normal functional activities um, on a daily basis. What's your recommendations in terms of dealing with a broken structure, if you will? So if you're the athletic trainer and you're trying to put together a group at your respective school uh, with counselors, with the nurse, with the principal, et cetera, um, what is your recommendation when you don't have folks who are kind of on board and uh, you're trying to get them to buy in? Right. I, I think this is kind of a selling point. Um, people kind of get the return to play and removal of concussed athletes and so forth. This part is, you know, the foreign aspect of concussion management. So um, communication is the absolute key here. It's the cornerstone. So I think um, as an athletic trainer, you know, going to your school officials and saying, hey, we do awesome on return to play. Like we have it down. Everyone gets it. Um, you know, we've made good 
good clinical decisions. Now we need to come together and educate not just our coaches and athletic trainers, share the love and get everyone else involved and, and, um, you know, get the teachers to have a in-service nurses, um, you know, school counselors, because they're all a part of this big team, as we saw in the school setting. It's not just only limited to athletic trainers and coaches. It should be everyone that, that interacts with the student on a daily basis. Um, so I guess when, when I was in the junior college setting, we had an athlete that she actually had to withdraw from school, um, due to concussion. So when you're dealing with that athlete and you're dealing with that parent, um, how, I guess, how do you, as the athletic trainer, help the school, just like you were saying, understand what they're truly going through? Because obviously there's information out there. Obviously that is there. Obviously we can, but is there pushback? Are you seeing pushback from schools? Like, I guess, like you guys were talking, or is that something that it's pretty readily available to, Hey, we can, we can, this is the information you need. So there is much variability in the way that schools approach this. And I have had the benefit or misfortune, I don't know which way you want to look at it, of seeing the evolution. And so, you know, having done this for 12 years and, and, um, you know, starting out where we had no concussion law and no one really understanding the whole return to play protocol. I mean, that evolved. And so I'm confident that the return to learn thing will evolve as well. I think it's a bit more challenging because it's very ambiguous and you can't, um, you know, every student in their academic functioning is different. Um, so you have to take into consideration so many factors, but I'm really confident we'll get there. It's just going to take a lot of reinforcement. It's going to take stories of, of athletes who maybe unfortunately did not get to, um, succeed as quickly as they should have because had these things been in place some of those stories for people to really get it um or something that hits close to home but there are plenty of examples of of students who just had nothing I can't imagine that and so the idea would be even if it's a little bit of something like you get just a few more you know days to like turn in your assignment later or hey we're seeing that you're not feeling well in class you need to step out for a few minutes so just that support can make all the difference so flipping the script a little bit from return to learn to return to sport, um, what happens when you have objective measurements that aren't meeting up with subjective um, answers, if you will? So that is super challenging, right? Um, you know, and there's times that, that someone maybe don't, they don't always reach their pre-injury baseline test on a particular cognitive measure, but they've been asymptomatic for several weeks. So I think that's when you really start saying, okay, this is what we're, what we're dealt with. This is what we're seeing. But now what is your quality of life? Like, do the parents think that the student's acting normally? Are the teachers indicating that they're they're um, performing at their typical academic level of functioning? Um, have they been able to generally general or generate that just I guess demonstrate that they've been able to exercise with no symptoms at all? And so I think at, at a certain point you have to I wouldn't say overlook the data, but you interpret in a way that you know perhaps they just had a really good day at baseline and that happens. Some, there's there's some statistical terms called um, regression to the mean where they're never going to perform that well again. <laughs> you know, um, there's some nerdy statistical things. Um, but then we look at so many characteristics. So it's not just one measure. But again, I would tell everybody to utilize all your tools in your tool belt. Um, last one that I have for you here, Dr. Uh, if you're a school district uh, or one particular independent school that does not have the financial means to have access to impact or, or another online um, concussion baseline uh, system. Uh, what are your recommendations in terms of figuring out baseline measurements for student athletes? 
So I would utilize the SCAT-5. Um, you know, it does have uh, symptom reporting. It's It's got, um, you know, the SAC, which is the concussion uh, components or questions, orientation questions, that is free. Um, that's complimentary. So that can be utilized. Um, and some places have had to do that where they have a baseline SCAT on everyone. And then afterward, they utilize the SCAT. And there are teams that utilize that in addition to several other tools. So at least it has some utility. Um, it's not heavily supported through research as, as in terms of like what normal change is between like a, a baseline and a post-injury, but at least it's something that you have where you've assessed several domains other than just symptom reporting. All right. Uh, once again, this is a sports medicine broadcast. Uh, I'm Ray Olivo I'm with Sean Reddy and Dr. Ott here from UT Health. Thank you, Dr. Ott, again for your time today. My pleasure. Um, make communication with all involved parties easy using drive, drive, Dragonfly Max as your electronics record management system. Uh, our sponsors for today are Frio Hydration, The Right Stuff, Dragonfly Max, Miotech, Hoist Hydration, and MedBridge. Uh, you can contact via, contact us via uh, our website, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash return to engaging activity. For Ray Olivo, Sean Reddy, Dr. Ott, that's a wrap.